Hi everyone, it's Allie. Welcome back to the Feeling Good Sometimes podcast. I am so excited that you're here. It's Wednesday. We have a new episode for you. Today's episode is with Catherine Ducey. Catherine is a motivational speaker, a storyteller, and a master life coach. For over a decade, she has been on a journey to understand why humans struggle so much while also learning to face and forgive adversity in her own life. Catherine takes a gentle, somatic, and trauma-informed approach to support thousands of women around the world to see the full picture of who they are and own their magic once and for all. I'm super excited for you to hear today's conversation. Catherine and I actually were able to relate on something that we're both going through at different stages of our life, and it was a really cool kind of eye-opening experience to recognize that I'm not alone and neither is she. And I'm sure that so many of you listening will also be able to relate. Catherine also shared a lot about what's going on on in her life and what she's been through in the last 14 months and some of the stuff she's actually never shared. So I felt really honored that she felt safe to share it on the Feeling Good Sometimes podcast. And I'm very excited that you're here to listen. So I hope you love today's episode and I will talk to you when it's over. Hi, Catherine. Welcome to the Feeling Good Sometimes podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. Oh, thanks, Allie. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Yay. So I always start with asking, how are you feeling? So how are you feeling today or in this moment or just in general? Hmm. Uh, I am feeling, I'm feeling alive today. I'm feeling alive. Yeah. I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling a little nostalgic. Okay. Yeah. Nostalgia here alive. And, um, I'm feeling very centered. I'd say I'm feeling very centered today. Is there anything specific that has kind of like brought that on? So, um, you and I were just, you know, getting to know each other before mm-hmm. push play or push record. Um, but I have, I've spent the last 14 months in what I would call like a very deep practice okay. of returning back home to myself and right. returning back to what I like to call innocence. Mm-hmm. And every morning I wake up and I do a sacred start. A sacred practice. Okay. And I've done that every morning for 14 months without fail. It doesn't matter what day it is. It doesn't matter how I feel or don't feel. Um, and that helps me get attuned to my body mm-hmm. and attuned to where I'm at and what's here and what's present for me and what's alive for me. Uh, so that is possibly what's creating that feeling. And also as a woman, you know, I'm sure you probably have a lot of female listeners. Mm-hmm. I'm in that phase of my cycle where it's like I'm ovulating. So I'm like, woo, the yeah. world so great right now. And I have all the solutions to every single problem. And I have so much energy and I I just feel very clear and I feel very um, you know, energized. Mm. <laughs> so that's what's happening. <laughs> nice. Can you share a little bit about what that morning routine looks like for you? I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah. So I wake up naturally. I haven't had an alarm okay. for years. Wow, that's cool. Um, I live by my body's rhythm, my body's okay. pace. So it's fall right now as we're recording mm-hmm. this. Yep. Um, my body is naturally waking up at 7.36 every morning right now. 
The exact 736. The exact 736. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that has been the case for the last few weeks, 736. Okay. Um, I don't sleep with a phone or an alarm clock. So mm-hmm. I leave my bedroom in order to see what time it is. Right. Um, so by the time I like get out of my bedroom, it's 736. So maybe I'm waking up at like 732. <laughs> right. So you're pretty much like waking up and then getting up straight away. Like you're not hitting that snooze button for 40 minutes like I am and dreading getting out of bed. You're just like, oh, I'm awake. I'm awake. I'm awake. Mm. And probably, Allie, that actually probably starts the day before at night because I also have a night right. routine. Okay, right. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I can share that in a moment. Yeah. And, and yeah, totally. This, what you're asking me and what I'm sharing is very timely because Mm -hmm. I'm about to release a new offering to my Mm -hmm. community and Sacred Start and Evening Practice is in it. Okay, cool. completely changed the dynamic of myself Mm -hmm. and my internal world in a way that I didn't even realize I needed. Um, And for lack of a better like word and not to be sort of dark, but I believe that it actually saved my life this year after going through all time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I naturally wake up and then I listen to the cadence or the rhythm of my body. So in the summer, my body naturally wakes up at around 6.30. Okay. Right now it's waking up at 7.30. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will then go into the living room or into the kitchen first. I prep lemon water. I have lemon water every morning. Mm-hmm. And then I set up a mat, I set up candles, I set up whatever kind of like feels, whatever kind of gets me into a bit of a magical mood, right? Mm-hmm. A little bit of wonder, a little bit of imagination, a little bit of like kid-like state. Mm. I always was very drawn, I'm not religious by any sense of the word, but I always really loved like Christmas time and yeah. going to the church and the candles and the choir. Okay. Yeah. I always felt very like enlightened by that and mm. very excited and very inspired. So I create that. It's it's a ceremony. Mm. Um, and right now, as it stands today and as it stood for the last six months, I have done um, a meditation okay. for about 20 minutes. And then I will go into journaling and I journal. So I personally like to make contact with my guides or with God. And so I will write to them and then they will respond to me through my pen and Mm -hmm. I'll ask them to help me with certain things. Like from, from the littlest thing, like, should I take the go train to my parents' place today or should I rent a car (laughs) (laughs) to what do I do about this um, huge bill that's come in? Mm -hmm. And I, I'm really afraid to like let the money in my bank account go towards it. Mm -hmm. Will I make that money back? Okay. Right. I'll ask, you know, about what, what, what should I, how, what, how should I create this program or what should my next program look like? Mm-hmm. And then they'll respond back to me. And at first this is a little strange <laughs> for yeah. people. It was strange for me too. I was like, am I leading this? Is this yeah. what's happening it's as so they're writing? I feel like you have and to be very trusting to do very that. Very trusting. And I'll check with myself sometimes. I'm like, who's leading right now? And when I can like really drop in, that's why I find the meditation first helps. Mm. The information that really is coming through is truly what my intuition is telling me. Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe I don't want to listen to. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of like, it's kind of like relating, being in relationship to a parent 
you know, your guide, you're the person that you rely on the most, right? I feel very much like I'm, I'm a young kid again. And, you mm-hmm. know, I trust my parent so, so much and they've got my back and they know exactly what's best for me, you know, when I'm not able to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And that's how I, what, what I feel is happening. So it's been a beautiful way to reparent, in fact. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then from there, I move into movement. So I'll do anywhere from 20 to 35 minutes of a guided yoga practice. That, and I use okay. this awesome app called FitOn. Okay. I've never heard it's of that. App. It's free. It's amazing. Oh, wow. It's, yeah. Everything I actually do is free. Like mm. I do, I use like Tara Brock's free meditations on Spotify. Like mm-hmm. there's so much like right at our fingertips and it, yeah. I'm very blessed to have these platforms. You know, I feel mm-hmm. very grateful. And then in exchange, I will also give a lot of free information out to the world. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So which you see on my Instagram and you guys will yeah. see moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. So that, cool. that's that. And then I move into, um, I'll drink my lemon water and, uh, and then um, I'll move into breakfast and then shower. That's my morning. Wow, and I don't nice. look at my phone until breakfast time. Okay. So you're like pretty much an hour later. An hour later. Yeah. So you get that like sacred hour basically without your phone. That's good. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I've made the mistake. I've made the mistake. I've uh, been human. And looked at yeah. my phone and just noticed. Yeah, like, you probably like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How much I'm living in fear. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it is, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of integrity around my morning and mm-hmm. my word to myself. And this has, ve- this has really changed the course of my life, being my word to myself and doing what I say I'm going to do and noticing when I have those urges to do something that I know, like, I know I really don't want to be doing it, but you know how that urge will come up and it's so Mm -hmm. strong. And the next thing you know, like you're doing it and you're in a trance, Mm -hmm. right? I call it a trance. So, and this is what I also support people with. It's how to live a more gentle life and notice when you want to go offline because what you're feeling feels a little scary and you're not sure how to manage it. Right. Mm -hmm. Right how to deal with those urges. I have a lot of history with addiction personally and mm-hmm. people who have addiction. Um, I'm somatically trained. I'm trauma-informed. You know, and there's all these beautiful, there's all this beautiful wisdom that I have both personally and have, you know, taken away from working with a couple of thousand people over the last six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. And so what's the, cause you did mention like the night really sets you up for the morning. And I know that's the thing. Like if you have a good nighttime routine, it really is what elevates how you start your day the next day. So what does that look like for you? Yeah. Well, and I've been doing this for a long time. And then I was also previously married and had a step, I have a stepdaughter and she, okay. when I met her was 10. Mm-hmm. And um, so the, this also applies really great for moms and families. Um, mm-hmm. I I always recommend that you start to wind your home down mm-hmm. at around eight. Mm-hmm. Okay? And this is going to be challenging for some of you folks who, you know, might 
allow your the rhythm of your body to go a little bit past that, like maybe that 8.30, 9.30 time. It's usually about 9.30 where you get that second wind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we really want to see if we can um, support ourselves to not get into that. Right. Right. Okay. Cause, and all of this is, is preparing you for your next day. So I'm always mm-hmm. thinking like, what is future me going to be very happy I did. Okay. Um, so, and what's really helpful is also, you know, if you have kids, they can get into things, right? They might pick up a phone or a device, or you might turn a movie that's kind of overstimulating or something like that. So I always find if we want to have better sleeps with, with our kids, start winding your house down at around eight, eight thirty. I turn all the lights right down, put on candles, mm-hmm. I put on jazz music. My phone goes on sleep at around 8.30. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what's happening after that. Sometimes yeah. I'll be on it. I'll be a little human. I'll be in a conversation with like a, a very mm-hmm. close friend. I'm like, screw it. Okay, whatever. We're going to go to nine tonight. Okay. But I really do not go past that 9.30 place because I find mm-hmm. that's where we get that second wind. Mm-hmm. And then we're up until 11, 12. Mm-hmm. Um, my goal is eight hours of sleep a night, mm-hmm. if not a little bit more. And I've yeah. done that for decades. Um, and even with a kid, and I know that some of your listeners may have children, and I know that, you, that is not possible for the mm-hmm. first, especially the first six months, year, totally mm-hmm. get that. I'm not speaking to that. I'm speaking to when uh, you are in a place in your life where, okay, I have that choice now. That choice is available to me, but I know that it's not always available. Um, So I'll wind down the house, lights, candles, music, and um, I'll fix myself some tea. Now that's only in the last year I found that I've worked uh, to, um, my bladder actually has been able to hold more in the middle of the night, which is interesting. I kind of trained it. I used Mm. to have a lot of issues with having to go pee in the middle of the night. It's not even an issue. I just would have to pee every night. Mm-hmm. So I want to train it and <clears throat> we don't have to get into that, but I'll have some tea and then um, I will take a card deck or like a, an Oracle card deck mm-hmm. and get myself all ready, wash my face, brush my teeth, get into bed. I'll do a guided meditation. I'll pull a card and then I'll write to God mm. again. And then it slides out. We're asleep. Mm. Yeah. So similar yeah. to the morning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So my morning, really, the setup for the morning is really the night before. Right. Yeah. 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 And when I was, you know, when I was married, my husband and I, neither of us slept with our phones in the room. Mm. Um, We, you know, we were usually in bed by about nine. Um, You know, sometimes there was like intimate moments and whatnot. And that was really beautiful. Although I find that sometimes intimacy at night, (laughs) it keeps me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh God. Now I'm like awake. So I, you know, morning can be a little bit better for that for me personally, but you have to sort of check in with your body, the rhythm of your body, the cadence of your body. Of course, this is going to be a little different for everybody. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah, like exactly. always check in with yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. So what's kind of like the path you've taken over the last 14, was it 14 months that you've been kind of going through this shift? Yeah. Um, kind of take me back to kind of like what brought you there and then kind of what you've been through. Yeah. Um, so for anybody who does follow me, um, and then for those who don't, mm-hmm. I, um, my husband and I, we dissolved our marriage last summer. So okay. in July of 2022, 
Mm-hmm. Um, we continued to cohabitate in the same home. It was beautiful and amicable. There was a lot of care involved in this phase. Um, right. I think also looking back, we were in a bit of denial. So okay. that is actually the first phase of grief. Yeah. It's that's denial. True. Yeah. So on September the 1st of 2022, I left the country. I left. We were living in Los Angeles. We were living in the U.S. Okay. Um, and I left the country on September the 1st and I flew to Mexico. Okay. Mexico City. And um, at this point, we were still in touch. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, you know, looking back, I see why we were doing that. The fear of the pain that we both knew was going to show up in our mm-hmm. bodies felt intolerable mm-hmm. you know, from, from the separation. And, you know, when you are when you are with someone and you're spending every day with this person, your nervous systems, you know, there's a co-creation going on there. You two are you're synced up and it's like a child leaving its parent, right? There's a, a period of time where it feels almost like something is now missing inside of me. Right. And there's a lot of pain there and a lot of grief that can come up, some confusion, um, separation, right? Mm. Missing longing. It's longing. Most of us have a hard time being in the longing and being Mm -hmm. in the missing without making it mean something bad, right? God, this is bad. Yeah, I've made that's it, yeah. separate and now I, f- I feel really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the right decision can't feel bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I was going through this firsthand. And even with all the experience that I have, Allie, and this is what I, I want people to understand. I am at a very high level of awareness and consciousness. Mm-hmm. I've spent hundreds of thousands of hours being with myself and being in these like meditative, contemplative, like healing, somatic, et cetera, states feeling. But I'd never been married before. Right. I'd never been divorced, mm-hmm. separated. I'd never had a kid. I'd never had a home, two homes, cars, dogs. And I went from that to nothing overnight. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, all the work that we do prepares us for that. And it prepares us to actually be a mess, mm-hmm. in mess and stay afloat in some way. Mm-hmm. So I, it, we stayed in touch. And so began this sort of um, phase two of our relationship where we were in touch every day. Mm-hmm. But we were separated. And right. I was in Mexico. He was in LA. He was stay- he stayed in our home. He still is in that home. And I actually had it in my head, because at the time I was in denial and living very much in my head, that my life was going to take off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. We've been through a very difficult few years. It's been a really wild thing going on with everything going on in the world and da-da-da. And oh, I feel like I've learned so much and I am about to explode, like mm-hmm. in a very positive way. Mm-hmm. And I have, I am the founder of a program called the Be Seen program or Be Seen. 
Okay. And I had run it four times. It had been wildly successful since the very beginning, you know, 25 men, men 25 women in each program. Mm-hmm. And I, and like, just like quick, like put it out, done. And then I had to, to, to take the application off because I can't have more than 25 people. Right. And so I relaunched this program and I'm just flying high. And suddenly it was crickets. No one applied. Mm. People started to not reach out for one-on-one work anymore. Mm, interesting. It got really quiet. And so I launched a different program. Okay. And uh, it was called Against the Grain. And, you know, I was excited about it. And we got, I think we got like six or seven applicants. And I was like, okay, great. Mm-hmm. But that's like, that's low for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm starting like to look at the data. 20 people like, less pretty much. Yeah. 20 people less. And I was like, yeah. whoa, what's happening right now? Mm-hmm. And so I'm in this sort of interesting phase at this time where um, my head is saying like, wow, you're going to be like, you're really going to take off right now. This is going to be unbelievable. Watch you go, girlfriend. Oh my God. Single, beautiful. Like, you know, you you know how to run a business. Like based on history, you've been very successful. Mm -hmm. You can double this. It's going to be, you're living in Mexico. Holy shit. Like, like you go. But my body on the inside, there were quiet whispers of something's happening and it's not, something's up. Mm. And I, I didn't want to pay attention to it. Right. A lot of, like, I would say like fear. Yeah. And so in December, I decided to sign a lease for a one year, a one year lease in Mexico city for this beautiful house. Holy crap. It was just stunning. And I had to like jump through hoops to get this thing because I'm not a resident. I'm a foreigner. Yeah. And, like mm-hmm. not a national, all this stuff. But like I ended up like, gosh, this is what happens when you are in denial and you're kind of on autopilot. Yeah. You I know some, exactly. How you make some really interesting decisions. You don't think. You're just like you bam, bam, bam. Yeah. So I got into this house and I move in in January and mm-hmm. it's $4,000 Canadian a month. Mm. Wow. It's not and cheap. So well, I, I mean, done- that's basically what rent is like here now, but still, that's a lot. <laughs> so I'm like, I did a bunch of mental math and I was like, I was spending like five grand a month, like with the conversion to the US. So like with the house and the car and groceries, I was like, I got this. It's a thousand dollars less. Mm-hmm. And this is where things started to get very, uh, very interesting. Mm-hmm. So basically at this point, I ran the program that was really great called Against the Grain, loved it. No be seen, no one-on-one clients. Mm-hmm. Money's running out. Yeah, yeah. Like, like no money. I've dipped into, I actually dipped into my tax money that I'd put aside. Right. And I'm dipping into my tax money and I'm dipping into my tax money. And then there was no more. Mm-hmm. And I reached a pretty rock bottom place and called my mom. Mm-hmm. And so to give some context, my mother and I did not have a relationship for okay. a year. Before this? Before this. Okay. And I wasn't really in touch with my family. I have chills for some reason. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I do too. Because yeah. this was a, a very... um 
this was a very uh, sort of heroic moment for me, but also right. very, very, very dark. And yeah, I was going to say it's like two sided, right? You're at one point, you're just kind of like putting things aside to recognize that you need help. But at the other point, it's probably your ego is coming in and being like, well, fuck, like what just yeah. happened? And look where I'm at. And oh my gosh. And then, oh, but yeah, all of that. All of that, probably much worse, too, is going on in your mind. (laughs) Maya, you can probably relate to this. The voice inside of my head that can be really mean to me and say some very Mm -hmm. mean things to me, that, like, self-hatred, victim-y side of me, it got so intense, Sally, that I I was like, I'm not even sure if I can get out of bed right now. Like, Mm -hmm. this is quite scary. I'd never been here. Okay, yeah. I'd never been in this moment in my life. Mm -hmm. That's pretty shit moments. This felt like very new. Mm-hmm. So I picked up the phone and I called my mom. Mm-hmm. And my, my mom picked up. Okay. Like, fucking ring. And I'll never forget, I felt all the blood rush from my head to my mm-hmm. feet. And one of the things that I grew up feeling was afraid to show my mom any emotion. Okay. Especially sadness. Okay. And... I felt myself wanting to hold back every single tear and wanting right. to be very strong and wanting to keep it casual. Mm-hmm. And so she picked up the phone. And I said, hi, mom. She said, hi, honey. And just that. Yeah. And she said, are you okay? And I went. Let it all go. <laughs> just an absolute, like one of the biggest somatic releases I had had Mm-hmm, because you were just like holding it all together because you were still in like denial. <laughs> denial. Yeah. <laughs> holding it together. And avoidance. I, I was going through all this alone. My mom didn't even know. She got a message. Oh, okay. Saying, well, yeah, because you were in contact, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was like, okay, I hope it goes well. You know, I'm so sorry mm-hmm. to hear that. I'm so right. sorry to hear that. And so I said, I need help. Mm-hmm. I, I can't afford my life right now. And she said, okay what do you need? And I was like, wow. I hadn't asked my parents Mm -hmm. for money since I was 18. Wow. And I said, this is the amount. And she said, okay, we'll transfer it to you today. I was like, whoa. Okay. And then at the end of the conversation, I said, would it be all right if I came home? Mm. Be all right if I moved in for a bit. And she said, let me talk to your stepfather. Um, This feels big. I said, this is big mom. I think I'm in, I think I'm in a bit of a jam. Yeah. So fast forward within that month, I'm closing up my place in Mexico. I'm moving all my stuff. I'm moving to Toronto, Burlington, actually. Mm -hmm. And my mom picks me up and I'll never forget. Like we hadn't touched each other in a long time or seen Mm -hmm. each other. And I remember opening up the passenger car door and she's in the driver's seat. And I got in and I sat down and I looked at her and she looked at me. And she was like, it's going to be okay. Mm. Oh, I was like, God. That's it. <laughs> and I was like, I can't, I can't hold back the tears. And I'm just like, oh, God. Thank yeah. But there was still like this, like, um, there was still this feeling of uh, we hadn't resolved something. Like something right. felt like it hadn't yeah. resolved. So like I was sitting there and I was like, okay. Anyway, so, so began a, a three-month journey 
I moved in with my folks. I, you know, I'd already completely wound down my business. What mm-hmm. I realized was that my light was just so dim. Mm-hmm. And if you think about energetics, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of magnetism going on when someone's going through that type of of grief and denial and anger and hiding and shame and mm-hmm. self hatred and victim yeah. stuff. Like, yeah. oh my god, of course no one was was a attra- I wasn't attracted. Right, that's it. Yeah, that was it. It was nothing to do with me. It was just the state of where I was at. And like, of course, I had all these thoughts that now I'm irrelevant. Yep. <laughs> I got to go back to corporate. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, shit, now it's over. Like, I can't. What am I going to do? Yeah. What am I going to do? And, and I, yeah, of course, I went to that place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so month one of living with my folks was actually one of the most beautiful times that I'd had in a while because I was totally able to take my foot off the gas. They said, pay for nothing. I'm like, well, I can't. <laughs> yeah. How my old mom, are you, by the way? I'm just like curious. So this is a great question. Yeah. yeah. So I'm 41. I'll be 42 okay. this month. Amazing. Yeah. I so love I that went, you're sharing uh, this because like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I just turned 30 and I'm still yeah. living at home and I've lived at home for the last Oh shoot, like since 2016, 17, and run my business out of my parents' home, which most people know. Um, and the older you get, there's this whole like atmosphere and cultural kind of like shame of living at home with your parents. And it's like a failure to like come back home with your parents. So I'm assuming you felt a little bit of that without me like putting that in your brain. But mm-hmm. I think. Speaking about this is so beautiful because Mm -hmm. so many of us like can't afford to live by ourselves at this point. Like it's so hard. Right. And I just think that knowing that you can always like, I mean, some people don't have the luxury that they can't go back home and obviously like we're, yeah, you, you didn't. And for a long time you, you didn't. And then you kind of just like surrendered. And obviously your mom was like, obviously not going to just be like, okay, peace. But I think like some people may be afraid to like reach back out or have this fear that if they're going to go live back home after something like traumatic, like this happens, then they've completely failed, but you haven't yeah. <laughs> like, there's wow. nothing wrong with that. So I think yeah, it's so amazing that you are sharing this. Yeah. I love what you just brought up. Um, yeah. I think it's really neat that you are also living at home and have been since 2016, 2017 and Mm -hmm. people just a different way. Right. Right. It's not, Mm -hmm. it's not good or bad or right or wrong. It's a different way. And everybody requires something a little bit different. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, and you may move out and then you may decide, you know what? I actually would like to move back in for a little bit. I don't you think know? so, but <laughs> right, and that might not happen. But as well. I do have the fear. Like I, like I really want to yeah. have my own place, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be alone. I'm gonna miss my parents mm-hmm. so much. Like I can't move away from them because I'm like, they're my best friends. But oh. like, it's so mm-hmm. you get stuck in that comparison trap, right? Like you're seeing all these 20 year olds who are like 22, 23 with their husband and kids, and they've bought their own house. Not a lot in Canada. A lot in the U.S. But it's just kind of like, well, I'm 10 years ahead of them and I'm not at that point. But I don't, I think we just need to like destigmatize that whole kind of power that that has that 
maybe actually it's not better for you. But anyway, keep going on with everything that's going on. (laughs) Well, why don't I, why don't I actually speak now to what I have learned and what I'm going to be teaching? Because what you're just saying here is exactly what I uncovered. Okay. It's amazing. Yes. To your point, Mm -hmm. many of us will worry that where we're at isn't okay. Mm. Yep. Like, I'm not okay. This isn't okay. This Mm -hmm. isn't enough. I'm doing something bad. I'm doing something wrong. I've really messed this up. I've really failed. Yeah. And that's very normal. It's very normal to think that way. Yeah. I just want to really like stress that. Yeah. It's when, however, we almost go to a place of being addicted to beating ourselves up and making ourselves mm. wrong, thinking we're bad, yeah, and it being quite dense and victimy, and that it it can get a little scary. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I felt like a bit of a failure mm-hmm. moving in with my folks at forty-one. Mm-hmm. Like, very little cash yeah and accumulated debt right because i i use my tax money to right. help support myself so now oh how am i gonna pay my taxes mm-hmm. so like there was this whole thing happening for me and um now what i realized was if i didn't handle this time with a lot of grace mm-hmm. and a lot of compassion and a lot of love and a lot of acceptance, mm. like this right now, it's not going the way I thought it was going to go. And there's an okayness to it. Right. Yeah. There is an okayness to this. Okay. If I didn't have these tools, things would have gone very differently for me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, probably I wouldn't be where I am right now. Yeah. I would have had to live to my, with my parents for a, long, a little bit longer, but so here are some of the things that I ended up doing. I ended up getting a okay. part-time job in a cafe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like yep. early forties. Here's the deal. Yeah. I don't have what it takes right now to be the boss of my business. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy the cafe and customer service. Mm-hmm. I do, you know, enjoy money coming in. Yeah. This is so, we- I'm sorry. This is so weird because like, I feel like we're going through similar things, but I'm just like 10 years behind you. <laughs> Cause like before I closed my business, I was like, okay, I have to get a job. So I've got a part-time job. I'm working at a flower shop and I was like, Ugh, I'm going backwards. But the whole reality is I wasn't making any money through the five years of running my business. So I was like, now I'm literally starting over cause I'm paying off business debt and I'm not making, I'm making very little money, but I'm, yeah. yeah. Anyway, this is just so weird that <laughs> this is happening. Ooh. I'm glad you asked me how old I was earlier <laughs> than later in the show. So people have that. You can even put that in the notes because I think this is what is really standing out to me. I think community. it's, yeah, I think it's so amazing to hear. Like for me, I'm already like, oh my gosh, this is so great. And I know so many other people that are around my age or even older that live at home or just kind of feel like yeah. they're behind in life. And mm. so this is... Yeah, this is so amazing. Anyway, keep going. (laughs) So um, that behind in life piece. Yeah. Okay. That's also something that 
I deal with right? Um, because it's a very human thing. How, yeah. how are we not to, right? So exactly. our hopes projected onto us a certain path, you know, mm-hmm. our education system projects onto us a certain path, right? Society mm-hmm. projects onto us a certain path, community, social, um, you know, so, uh, social media. And it's no like wonder that we're all feeling the way that we're feeling not enough I must be behind. There's Mm -hmm. some texture of not okayness right now. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I want to call out, of course, we feel this way. Mm -hmm. And I was in the thick of this Mm -hmm. thinking to myself and feeling to myself, well, if this is happening, this has got to be real. This has got to be what's part of life. Right. I haven't done anything wrong. So why isn't anybody talking about the moments in between, mm-hmm. when the marriage fails, when your business fails, when something happens to the kid, your kid, when something happens to your health, when ha- something happens to your money, mm-hmm. how come no one's talking about the moments in between? Mm-hmm. That are really That's very so real? true. Yeah, this is a very real thing. I haven't done anything wrong. Oh my god! So it started to really hit, mm-hmm. and I just, I just decided I am going to milk this time okay for everything that it is worth right now i am going to be okay with making 17 dollars an hour mm-hmm. at a cafe 500 dollars coming into my bank account every other week felt like a million to me because i had gone yeah. from a substantial amount of money my earnings and my 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 yearly income had grown quite a bit Okay. <laughs> to the point where at one point I said to my husband, babe, if you want to quit your job, I got this. Okay. Okay. So I went from that to mom, do you have five bucks for a coffee? Right. I'm assuming you were probably hitting like six figures and now you're down to like. Yeah. I was yeah. hitting almost 250 a year. Wow. Okay. So we were, we were doing really well and my husband yeah. was doing really well. And so I went from that to, oh my God, mom, do you have $5? Okay. Mm-hmm. So regaining this like strength, right? It's kind mm-hmm. of like having an accident and not being able to go to the gym for a while. And then you go yeah. back and wow, I can't even lift this one. Yeah. Pounder. Yeah. But you feel so grateful to be lifting the one pounder again. Mm-hmm. And so I slowly started, money started to come in and the, the little bits that were coming in, it felt, I felt so grateful for this. Every dollar counted. And I, I actually, my relationship with money has really changed. I, I hired- That was my next question to be like, yeah. yeah. I hired a, a really terrific coach by the name of Kate Northrup um, back in December of 2022, last year. Okay. And we worked together all this year, um, which is incredible. I made the decision to sign a very expensive lease and hire a very high ticket item coach. And then my finances went, oh, bye. But yeah. the coach that I was working with, is a money coach. Right. Kate Northrup wrote the book, Money, a Love Story in 2018, or maybe it was like 10 years ago. Uh, right. Uh, in 2018, I think it was 10 years old. And so of course I call in the perfect person for me mm-hmm. to learn to be with money and relax around money. But I'm also like, I've got to pay this high ticket coach. Like everything yeah. is just so in my face. <laughs> yeah. So the this time, right? So I'm with my folks, March, April, May, June sorry, April, May, June. And what was happening was I was essentially, um, I had allowed my system to completely relax. 
Mm-hmm. I had been living and create, I'd been living in a very chaotic body right. since childhood. I'm very aware of that now. There was a lot of things that happened in my childhood that left me feeling very unsafe. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of rupture that never got, never, was never repaired. A lot of stuff. And if you've been following my story for a long time, you'll know. There was, there was abuse, there was divorce, there was alcoholism, there was debt, there was bankruptcy, there was all kinds of shit happening. Mm-hmm. And so my body was operating at this level internally of chaos and disruption that I was creating a lot of that in my life. Mm-hmm. So anyway, to, to uh, make a long story short, during this period at my parents' place, you know, they said, don't worry about paying us. You just relax, rest, heal. And I don't remember if I've ever done that. Mm. Ever. They mm. just happen to be retired now. So that's the stage they're in. But like when we were kids, there was no relaxation. Yeah. My parents no. operated at like a 15. Okay. So yeah. So I was like, wow, this feels great. And so I began to relax into my body okay. and into life and into my surroundings and realizing that I had been... Um, very tightly wound for a long time. And I'd also been chasing, chasing, mm-hmm. chasing mm-hmm. everything, chasing the yeah. money, chasing the jobs, chasing the men, chasing the houses, chasing the clothes, chasing the, the yeah. accolades, chasing the titles, chasing the friends, chasing the trips. Chase- I had been chasing. I was tired. I was broken. Mm-hmm. I looked, I didn't look great. Mm-hmm. I lost a lot yeah. of hair. Another thing that happened is I actually developed a lump in my left breast. Okay. That many people don't know about. Mm. And I I believed, and I still believe, this is something that I, I hold this belief. It doesn't mean that everyone else has to. Yeah. That once the body goes into this state of maybe you found something in it, there's a symptom. Mm-hmm. I believe that the body is now actually healing itself. Mm-hmm. So I believed that, okay, this, whatever has shown up and it had shown up a while for a while. I just didn't tell anybody. It had been there for about a right. year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. My husband knew. I believed that, okay, this thing is actually trying to do its work and heal my system. So I'm going to give it all the space it needs. And I'm going to really test this theory that I believe that the body has a very natural and powerful healing capability. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to step out of its way and let it do its thing. And of course, people are like, oh, well, it must be nice that you got to move home with your parents. We had not spoken mm-hmm. for a year. My mother did not have to say yes. Yeah. I enrolled her in this by taking responsibility for all of my stuff and not being super victim-y and not blaming my parents anymore the way that it had been. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So mm-hmm. she wanted to plant that seed. And so here I am. I'm healing my body. Um, now today, my breast is healed. Okay. Which is a total miracle for me. Mm-hmm. And some of y'all listening to this might be like, this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so like, this <laughs> is why. Like, I've done this. Wow. I'm so grateful for you because I was feeling so bad for doing that. Right. Like, yeah. A lot of this is also about the internal feminine wisdom mm-hmm. and what we know about our bodies. And so I, I actually had also been reconnecting with my femininity, my sensuality, my sexuality. This was all happening. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, my life 
is not where I think it should be. Right. Holy shit. So how do you Mm -hmm. deal with this sort of like imbalance inside of you? Right. Yeah. I know I need to take the foot off the gas. I know I like, this is where I'm meant to be. I'm slowing everything down. I know it'll be okay if I just make a little less money right now. I know it'll be okay if I take, you know, my business isn't, I'm not like promoting my business. I know it's okay if I'm single and I'm 41. I know it's all okay. And the other part of you is like, chase, 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 more, 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 compare, 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 compare. Yeah. Okay. So I was living with these two aspects in my body that many people right. deal with. Yeah. And so every day I practiced morning and night. This is where the sacred practice I'd been doing. Okay. Yeah, this is where it came like, from. Here we go. This is where yeah. I get to anchor into something. I get to calm myself. I get to work with my nervous system. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And my life started to slowly shift and change. And what I was really doing was connecting to a deeper sense of gratitude Mm. and a deeper sense of wholeness Mm -hmm. and a deeper sense of love and a deeper sense of oneness. And a lot of that sounds a little woo-woo to some people. It sounded a little woo-woo to me for a long time too. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had been, I had felt so fragmented and separated since I was a little girl. Right. From the heart. Mm. And this journey back home to my heart, which is really what this all ended up being, created a felt sense of safety that I had never felt in my entire life, that even if I only Mm -hmm. had $5 from my mother for coffee, I felt incredibly wealthy. Mm. So beautiful. And that was it. Yeah. Right. So what, where are you now? Like, what was the steps? Yeah, I want to know. (laughs) I'm in Toronto. Um, So... You know, I today like I actually you lived, lived at home for how many months? For three months, I lived for, at home three, for three months. months. Okay. And you know, the urge to go get a lease and get right. a house, and get all those things was very there. It was still there. Mm-hmm. Start dating. So the other thing your audience will probably like to hear is I've been celibate and single this whole time. Mm-hmm. So for fourteen months, because I know that as soon as I start to source something from a man. Yeah. Something will happen for me. And it's not to say that there's anything wrong with men. It's that I I outsource my power and my love. So I knew if I really wanted to milk this time, I need to source everything from myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what I did. Yeah. Source Mm -hmm. from me, source from me, source from you, babe. And there were moments where I was like, just download the dating app. (laughs) (laughs) Don't. They're not that great. When I was working at the cafe, I was like, so. Oh, like, yeah, you're just, yeah. And I'm like, you're super cute. And then I was like, source from internal, source from the inside, source from the inside. <laughs> you know, again, I'm a human being. So, and, and what I love about this journey that I've been on is that I get to now say like, yeah, it's normal for you to have these urges. Mm-hmm. Of course you do. And then how, what do you do in those moments where you want to source from the outside of you and you get very graspy and grippy mm-hmm. and your voices inside your head are like, you're not enough. There's something wrong. You're not okay. Mm-hmm. You'll get more, you know, what mm-hmm. do you do? And it's, you come back to your heart. You come back to love. You come back to your breath. You come back to this present moment. It's incredibly powerful. So over the time I was like, I want to go get a house. And I was like, screw it. Yeah. Nope. What's another alternative? So, and this is where Ali, I I think this could probably go into 10 other episodes, but um, the way that I now show up in the world 
even the way that you're feeling around me, mm-hmm. the amount of safety that I feel within myself that has now been felt in the people around me, mm-hmm. right? You feel safe. Yeah. I feel safe. Mm-hmm. When I feel safe, you feel safe. Mm-hmm. It creates miracles. It creates opportunities. It creates people wanting to help you. Right. And so, um, I, I did have something happen that no nobody really knows yet either. Your podcast episode is actually revealing all the things that a lot of people don't know. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> You're getting all the juice. My community is going to be like, holy, we knew it. <laughs> Thank you for finally sharing. On September the 1st, I went to fly from Toronto. Like a to month Austin. ago. No, not two months ago. So this September. I went to fly from Toronto to Austin. Um, and what I had done is I had signed up for something called Trusted House Sitters. Okay, I've heard of that. Yep. Trusted House Sitters, right? Like yeah. you can have paid me to have done something like this a few years ago, but I have really surrendered and really accepted this is where I'm at right now. And in order to okay. sometimes speed up, you have to, to slow down. And yep. so I signed up this Trusted House Sitters account, people who open up their homes and their dogs yeah. to, or, yeah. to you to come and sit in exchange for somewhere to stay. Mm-hmm. So I signed up for this account. Um, it's like dating and you make this whole mm-hmm. profile. So you have a great mm-hmm. picture, you write all your things and yeah. you're putting your best foot forward and people are interviewing you, right? Yeah. And so I got accepted for this beautiful house at these two house sits in Austin, Texas for the okay. month of September. So I was with my parents, April, May, June. And then I had a house sit in Toronto just from a friend, July, August. Okay. And then in September, I'm like, I'm going to Austin and this is going to be great. And I'm going to have yeah. this house sit. Well, wouldn't you know? I had stopped at U.S. Customs. Oh, my gosh. Turns out, and I didn't know this at the time, that we had misfired in some of our paperwork when I was becoming a U.S. citizen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, that error cost me. And it it looked in the system like I'd overstayed as a foreigner in the U.S. for over 400 days. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm only allowed to stay for 188 as a foreigner. Right. I spent eight hours in U.S. Customs. I had mm-hmm. to testify. I was fingerprinted and photographed, and I was barred from the U.S. for 10 years. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Wow. About five people right now who know that in the world. Wow. Crazy. Right? So, again... Here I am. Yeah. It's not going the way I thought it was going to go. Things mm-hmm. around me are happening where I very naturally want to make myself very bad and wrong for that. Yeah. Right. And oh my God, now I can't even get into the US. Like, what a failure. Mm. Divorced, broke, mm-hmm. can't get into the United States, living with your parents, working in a coffee shop. What? is your story <laughs> babe mm-hmm. what's your story? yeah okay so and i want people to know this because a lot of us are having things happen to us that we hide of course mm-hmm. and we it's happening and we deny it and we yeah whatever but this is life mm-hmm. this is life i made some mistakes this happens i'll apply for a pardon yeah you know yeah so um to summarize where I am now, uh, I decided, so I said to you, you know, when you have this felt sense of safety in you, you create a lot of safety in other people. Right. 
that even happened that day with U.S. Customs, where they realized that this was an honest mistake on my part. And I got married for okay. love. I didn't want to marry for a green card. I walked away from the process. Yeah. Okay. And even over the hours that they were, you know, investigating you. <laughs> basically interrogating me yeah the man the, the customs officer i'll never forget his name was officer reyes and you know he just could see the softness and the genuine sincerity within me that this was very shocking and that mm-hmm. i really didn't realize that this was all what was going to happen and, and had no idea that i'd even done this right and and in the end i remember i'll never forget it ali he he leaned in and he looked at me and he had a little bit of a tear in his eye mm-hmm. this is a very hard customs officer this guy yeah i I mean they're all scary like i'm not gonna lie every time i go through i'm like (laughs) (laughs) it's just like like at one point and he's like i said may i go pee and he said may i oh my god oh god i don't know wait is that trick question i don't what's the answer yeah i know (laughs) and so like that's the that was the texture of the conversation we were having and then Mm -hmm. um it converted over the few hours where, you know, I just stayed very soft. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a level in, there's a, there's an ability that I now have that when my life is absolutely falling apart, mm-hmm. I am able to be with it in a very graceful way. Right. And not invite a bunch of crazy victimy stuff and not absolutely rip myself to shreds. Mm-hmm. All right. So I didn't. And because of that, he softened and hour eight, he leaned in with a bit of a tear in his eye, I think. And he said, you listen to me. And I said, yeah. And he said, you're going to apply for a pardon and you're going to get it. Wow. And Wow. Okay. Yeah. And that was that. And I walked out of there and I was like, okay, that happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. He doesn't need to say that. Yeah. He doesn't care. He's doing his job. But there was mm-hmm. something about me and this this energy that I was bringing. Mm-hmm. So after that, what ended up happening was I actually put on out on Instagram that I was looking for a place to live. Okay. And then I got an in, I got inundated with invitations to come to people's homes. Of course I did because mm-hmm. of my energy. Yeah. It's like that surrendering kind of energy. Yeah. Right. Just, yeah. just a lot of love for my own self, mm-hmm. for humanity, and a lot of like, just compassion. Right. And so ever since then, I've been subletting these beautiful homes, just two. Um, yeah. That have been. It's just been a miracle to be in both, and I feel very, very grateful. And of course, my world has totally changed in terms of mm-hmm. money and income mm-hmm. and the all of it started coming back in and then it really started coming back in. And it was like, Oh my God, this is all happening. Cause I am now coming out of this like wintering phase, right? Winter. Mm-hmm. We tend to forget that we are like nature. We are seasonal mm-hmm. creatures. Women were cyclical. Mm-hmm. I know. So I went through a winter right. and I wrote it out in a way that was so was very heartwarming for a lot of people to watch, including my folks. It changed mm-hmm. our relationship. We are mm-hmm. absolutely like thick as thieves now. Amazing. Forgiven, forgiven. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Human to human. Mm-hmm. That's it. Your parents are also living life for the first time. Like I remember when I saw that and it's, that, I think it's like a TikTok trend or something. And it's like, 
your mom is living life for the first time. And it just kills me every time I'm like, we, especially as we get to be adults ourselves, we just like expect them to know everything and to be like perfect. But they're yeah. also, they're just a little bit older, but it's like, yeah, you're 10 years older than me, but so what? Like you're also living life for the first time. So like it's with anything when it comes to age, right? But Wow, Ali, that should be your tagline. We're all living life for the first time. My love, this is yeah. something that I think resonates deeply with you and something that's mm-hmm. really resonated with our conversation today. Like mm-hmm. it really feels such home for you, especially when yeah. you're years older. And yeah. 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 So yeah. amazing. And so now you're getting so have you relaunched have you started back into your coaching business yeah. again or you're getting ready to? So I, over the time, just kept open my, my applications to work with okay. beautiful clients kept, kept coming in. Um, okay. So I've got about 10 clients right now. Okay. Amazing. One-on-one, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then I am about to launch a couple of different ways, offerings to work with me. That's going to include okay. everything that I have learned in the last okay. 14 months. Cool. Right. And how to yeah. return back to innocence and be in the process. Right. Mm-hmm. it's actually everything is okay mm-hmm. how to be okay with mm-hmm. what's happening yeah yeah that that's it like the how to be okay and just like trusting that everything is okay and you're okay and yeah yeah everything's okay and you're okay that's a teeter-totter between okay. like trusting yourself and yeah. telling yourself you're gonna be okay versus the whole like chasing and scarcity and there's not enough and fear it's like we could spend all another hour talking about that but I'm so thankful and very grateful that you shared all this with me and felt comfortable too and your podcast episode will actually be airing very soon because I'm behind so um your community will hear about this very soon um (laughs) so get ready we're good (laughs) um you heard it here first, people. Yeah. So I'm so grateful that you shared all this. I actually, like earlier in the week, because I'm not in my usual space, I'm taking over my parents' living room right now because I'm renovating the room that usually my computer's in because it mm-hmm. used to hold my business. So I was like, I'll do whatever it takes. So I've been sanding and we're going to paint it because I just want to like refresh it because it's like really depressing going into a room that used to be something that's not. Um, and I was like, oh, I should cancel this episode because like the sound isn't going to be good and like the backdrop. And I was like, well, but then when I went on your Instagram, I was like, no, I'm so pumped to have a conversation with her. And obviously it was meant to be because I feel so good having this conversation with you. And I know so many people listening are going to also relate in some way. And I'm sure your community will feel even more connected to you, which is ultimately what the goal is on this planet right <laughs> yeah wow I have full body chills my love yeah hey yeah well before we do say goodbye I actually have some questions I do a kind of like a quick fire I have five questions so you can answer with whatever comes up mm-hmm. first and try not to overthink it okay all righty so your first question is what is something you do that makes you feel good <clears throat> drink lemon water every morning okay <laughs> that was quick all right what is something you value my health mm, yeah what is something you want to let go of 
um, uh, my, uh, the side of me that can be serious to cover up for the side of me that's silly and playful. Mm, I really love that. Yep. What is something you're currently working on? Can be like the smallest or the biggest thing, whatever. Taking my gifts more seriously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not questioning them. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last one is how do you want to be remembered? Oh, wow. As love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. It's very loving and warm and nurturing yeah. person. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. And where can people connect with you or work with you? Like, yeah. do you have yeah. a, you have a do you have a website and everything, or I do. where would people or like a link that people can sign up for to know when the new courses are out and everything? Plug it all in. Plug it all in. It's yeah. all coming. It's all coming. I took everything okay. down. So okay. Now we've got on Instagram. Things are going to start to show up very shortly okay. in the next week or so. So right now it's the beginning of November. So maybe the second week of November when this airs or the third yep. week of November, um, there will be links to new programs and ways to work with me. There's always a link to work with me and apply to work with me one-on-one. -on -one. Okay. I'm going to be enrolling new students into a new program uh, that's coming shortly this month. Um, I also am restarting my speaking. So I used to speak. Okay, cool. I'm doing that for a while. I just yeah. got so entrenched in my in my, um, in coaching, right. And being behind right. Zoom. So, uh, I love speaking on stages. I love speaking in corporate offices. I love doing, um, engagements to inspire people mm -hmm. and I love speaking on podcasts. So mm -hmm. all that's, and I also, so I'm a speaker, I'm a storyteller and I'm a life coach. Mm -hmm. I have a very unique way of telling stories as you can mm -hmm. see. So, yeah. I'm also going to be building something for um, folks to learn how to tell their story. Cool. Right. And not awesome. just like the words you use. Yeah. It's the way that you, it's your voice. Mm. Yeah. Like notice how I changed my voice throughout our time today. Like mm -hmm. when I was talking about Officer Reyes and I said, he leaned in and he said, yeah. you listen to me. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a storytelling. Yeah. It's storytelling. Yeah. So I consider myself, you know, a professional storyteller. So I'm also inviting people to work with me to start to learn, to practice telling their story in a way that lands in someone's body. Mm -hmm. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Amazing. I'll have all that linked in the show notes as well. So people can find it yeah. easily. Right now, the best way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on here and share everything that you shared. And it was really great to talk to you. You too, Ali. I'm really, really, really thrilled that we were able to be 10 years apart and show mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I love that. Wow. Your audience mm -hmm. is going to love this. So thank Yay! you. Yay! <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm back on the other side. I hope you loved today's episode and the conversation I had with Catherine and the fact that she was able to get vulnerable and share the things that she did share with me. I'm very honored that she felt safe to share them. And if you are part of her community, I am so happy that you're here. I think the big takeaway and especially something that she noted that I said um, is we're all doing life for the first time. And I think that's just a beautiful reminder. And obviously I don't come into that realization every day that 
We honestly are. We're all doing life for the first time and every single day is a new day and we don't know what challenges we're going to have to overcome and we don't know what's going to come down the past, I mean, down the future, <laughs> down the path in front of us, I should say. But just maybe give yourself some grace. I'm going to try and do that for myself more too and just kind of recognize that the life I'm living is brand new. So I hope you love today's episode. And as always, you know it, if you loved it and you like the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review, share with your friends, tag us on Instagram, do all those things. And once again, I'm honored that you're here listening because I really, really appreciate it. Well, I'll see you next week.